What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Dads in Timeout podcast. This is your host, Jesse Williams, a.k.a. J. Will, shooting an episode live from the crib. So the baby is sitting here, my son Elijah Williams. He is watching Princess and the Frog. So if you hear some baby noises in the background, he's getting excited because that's his favorite movie. Might be my new favorite movie, too. Uh, we're at the end right now where Naveen's hopping out the box and the Shadow Man's about to stab the little dude. He just hopped on Prince Naveen. I ain't going to ruin the movie for y'all, but I mean, Princess and the Frog, pretty good movie, right? So right now, we're just going to do a quick little podcast covering the world of sports, what's been going on, starting with the NBA. We are now in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We are two games into the Western Conference Finals and one game into the Eastern Conference Finals. They are going not as expected in this sense. I didn't expect... Actually, I'll I'll put it to you this way. I actually did expect the Clippers to go down 0-2 because the Clippers go down 0-2 in every series. I just think that now that Chris Paul is going to be back and they're not relying on one dude to score the most of their points. So, I mean, Devin Booker and Chris Paul can go get you 20 on any given night and on the same night, unlike Utah, where they have really good bench players. But um, Jordan Clarkson's more of a heat check guy. Bogdanovich is especially in a, specializes in shooting, and then Ingles kind of just fits in his role. And so that team was more um, predicated on Donovan Mitchell starting the offense and getting everything done. Of course, the Dallas Mavericks were all around Luka. Yeah, they got hot from three in the first couple games, but all you needed was a couple of those role guys for Dallas to stop producing, and bam, the, um, the series would be over. And so the Clippers are without Kawhi, who as well as Paul George has played at times in this series and in the previous series once Kawhi went down. Kawhi's kind of that can go on the elite runs that the great players like Jordan and LeBron and KD can go on where they, where they can go get you 17 and a quarter. I think Paul George can do that every once in a while, but to ask him to carry you for a series against a Chris Paul now and a Devin Booker, I just don't think is reasonable. Now, the Clippers are going to make adjustments. They always do. Um, I'm surprised if DeMarcus Cousins comes back in this series. I mean, he may play another four minutes like he did tonight, but putting him on the inbounds play I think was a mistake, but I get it with the size. And also, I think that after one of those plays, they had to keep – oh, no, that was at the very end of the game where they had to keep the same five guys on the court. Ty Lue tried to switch a room and put some other players in. Um, So I watched a little bit of that game. Actually, I'm not sure. if I think I tried to watch the end of it, but my phone was messing up. So basically, if I'm not at home, I stream these games on my phone. I pretty much can't watch them at home, so I have to follow them on ESPN, the app. And so – when I'm out and about, I can usually either, like if I'm in a hotel for my job, then I can uh, watch the uh, games on TV. Or if I'm at work on a break or something, then I can watch work. Okay, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. My boss don't listen to this podcast. I'd I be watching the games while I'd be working, like just to keep it a buck with you. Um, so, yeah, uh, I work in an office and I have the game and I, and I multitask. I do do my work, but I have the game playing in the background. And so last night, this podcast is being recorded, by the way, on June 24th, 2001. It's now 1127 a.m. So this podcast won't be extremely long, but 
The Atlanta Hawks played at the Milwaukee Bucks last night in game one. The Bucks led pretty much throughout the game until the very end. The Hawks ended up pulling it out. And I'm not going to count out the Bucks yet just because they beat Miami and they beat Brooklyn. And it's a long series. They lost the first game, the first two games of the Brooklyn series. And so I just think that Atlanta just seems to know what to do late in games. They seem to have it figured out. And even when they don't, it's usually because they make a couple of mistakes here and there, but they know who their lineups are. Herter's been really good for them. Trey Young, of course, went off for like 48, 49 points last night. He was incredible. Or as Brandon Marshall was like, he was phenomenal. If he says that one more time, it's going to like blow my brains out like not like i'm gonna kill myself but my brains are literally gonna blow out of my head and explode if he says that word again it just drives me crazy because he said he overuses the word but whatever i digress so last night the hawks went on the road milwaukee now has to win game two i think that atlanta crowd is going to be ridiculous Giannis played really well from what i could tell looking at the at the box score um Drew Holiday had a good game. Chris Middleton was okay, but it just it was a close game that Brooklyn lost, that, that Milwaukee lost, and I just I don't know what they if they know what to do late in games. Like if they really have a a sense of what their plan is going into these crunch time situations, or it's like oh we're just gonna give it to Chris or or uh, Drew Holiday and hope they make a shot, or maybe Giannis will get open for a dunk. Like I don't notice them running a whole lot of offensive sets. Yeah, so looking at this box score, uh, or actually I'm looking at the play-by-play, and I remember, because I was actually, that's not true, I wasn't just following this on ESPN GameCast, I was actually listening to the last, like, four or five minutes of this on ESPN Radio, which, ESPN, you need to get your radio app updated, because lately I have been trying to listen to these games that I can't watch, and the ESPN Radio has been pausing, and that might be my phone, but it, like, plays, pause, play, pause, so I haven't been able to, like, listen to the games on the radio either, and because... The ESPN radio is, like, slightly behind, so people will, like, message me, and I can't, like, look at Twitter or anything because people will be like, oh, my gosh, look at that alley-oop by Aiton, which we'll get to here in a minute. But, yeah, 23 seconds left, Pat Connaughton shoots a three, and you're down one. I don't get that. You don't need a three to win. Um, it just, the whole, I mean, and, you, and, yes, Atlanta played defense well in that play from what I could hear. If you watched, let me know. But, and my baby's looking at me. He's so cute. He got his pacifier in. He's in his little walker, uh, little Ray on the TV on Princess and the Frog. He just got laid low, but he just told Ray that they're going to stay frogs. It's so happy. I'm sorry. I'm super ADD. I don't know if I should be shooting a podcast with my baby playing and the movie going. But you know what? That's what we do. And so I don't think the series is over. I'm not going to overreact. This is what I'm going to tell you. It's it's absolutely ridiculous that that Trey Young by himself, and I don't do a good Stephen A. Smith, but it's you know it's one of those things that I just think it's it's way too early to overreact. I mean, think about the Clippers and Suns series. If the Clippers go back and win two games in a row, then we're at a pivotal game five. So unless a team is down three zero in a series, I don't really pay attention. I mean, I pay attention. But I don't write off a team until the series is tied 2-2, it's game five, and then that's when I look forward. And everyone says that the series starts when the road team wins, but the road team won this series, and the series is still a series. Like, the the Mavericks-Clippers, their home team didn't win any game until game seven. So I, I don't buy into that. I think that the Bucks are okay. They scored a bunch of points in the paint. 
Um, I'm actually going to go look at the stats because Milwaukee didn't play a terrible game. I mean, they can't consistently shoot the three anymore. That was part of their thing. They, they shot a bunch of threes. They were 8 for 36, which seems like a stat line I've seen a whole bunch. Actually, they were 11 for 14 from the free throw line. So Giannis actually wasn't terrible from the free throw line. Giannis, because they tried to hack a Giannis a couple times, and he was 6 of 8 from the free throw line. So that'll get it done. That'll work. I think that they're okay. I think that the the Clippers are okay now. If Phoenix wins game three, then it's a wrap. Like, you're not coming down 3-0. I think Phoenix is going to win this series. I think it's going to be Phoenix-Milwaukee. I'm not going to be an Atlanta fans. If I even have any Atlanta fans that listen to this podcast, it's not against Atlanta. A lot of this boils down to Bogdanovich's knee and the size of the Hawks against the size of... Milwaukee, Because you have Brooke Lopez, you have Giannis, who's really long. P.J. Tucker doesn't really give you much offensively, but I think it's going to go seven. Now, if it's a game seven and Trey Young's been balling, I might pick the Hawks. The only reason I'm not going to pick the Hawks in a long series is I've seen Trey Young get tired at the end of the series, and they still won. So it's not a knock on Trey Young. He's been awesome. He's been great. I just think that... Milwaukee is just built for this, and Atlanta's way over cheap. Now, if Atlanta wins, I'll say, hey, I was wrong, and I'm, and Trey Young will give him his flowers. And he has been really, really outstanding in these playoffs. So don't think I'm trying to take anything away from Nate McMillan or Trey Young or Hooter or Herter. What's that guy's name? Herter, the guy that played at Maryland. And so, I mean, they say it like every time he scores a bucket, like he, they mentioned the fact that he played at Maryland. I think it's a little ridiculous, but okay, a lot of us – may have just barely remembered him from the NCAA days. Clint Capella's been playing well. So I think it's really interesting that I think these are going to be two really interesting series without multiple superstars. Like Giannis is a superstar. Paul George is, a, I guess, a superstar in name. Uh, I don't think he's in that superstar tier, but because of how much we talk about Paul George and how much people make fun of Paul George, playoff P, way off P, pandemic P, He's a superstar. Like, you talk about him like he's one, so he's in that category whether he produces like it or not. And then Atlanta, Trey Young is a budding superstar. I mean, he might as well already be a superstar. His jersey sales, and if that dude don't have his own shoe, he's going to have a massive shoe deal. Trey Young is was really good coming out of college, but he's figured it all out, how to be a true point guard when he needs to be. And just, he's clutch. He's got ice. I, the ice Trey name I really do like because he does have ice in his veins. And so... We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this, and we'll cover a little bit of the draft lottery. Um, Even though I don't know much, I'll just give the news on the draft lottery and see, kind of give my my points on what I think about it. And there's a couple other things we might cover. I just can't remember them, so we'll be right back. All right, we are back on another episode of the Dads in Timeout podcast. We are about, we're actually literally 11 minutes in. We're going to go over the NBA draft coming up. Because I can cover that a little more um, in the first round. So Houston, I'm sorry, I'm already messing up. Detroit got the number one overall pick. The number one overall pick, yes, went to Detroit, which is good for them. They haven't had a number one pick since 1970. It was Hall of Famer Bob Lanier, which every time they say his name, they put Hall of Famer in front of it, which is really awesome for that guy. Houston got the number two pick, which it could have been really bad because if the pick would have gone to five, they would have lost it to, I think... Oklahoma City, they would have lost that pick to somebody had it fallen to number five. Uh, Cleveland got the number three pick. Exactly what my team needs is to waste another draft pick on a 6-1 guard. 
unless we got rid of we'll get to that in a minute toronto got the four pick orlando got the fifth pick oklahoma city got the sixth pick which sucks a little bit for them even though they have like 36 picks in the next two drafts golden state gets the seventh pick because of the d'angelo russell trade so minnesota has no first round pick this year we'll get into that orlando got the eighth pick from chicago who doesn't have a first round pick sacramento got the ninth pick New Orleans got the 10th pick, which is not good for them. Charlotte got the 11th, San Antonio 12th, Indiana 13th, and then Golden State has the 14th pick. Washington has the 15th pick, and then Oklahoma City has the 16th pick. And then so it looks like from here, it'll be Oklahoma City with the 18th, New York with the 19th, Atlanta with the 20th, New York again with the 21st from Dallas. The 22nd pick goes to the Lakers, which is high for them. The 23rd pick to Houston from Portland. The 24th pick is Houston from Milwaukee. The 25th pick is the Clippers. 26th, the Nuggets. 27, Brooklyn. 28, Philadelphia. 29, Phoenix. And 30, Utah. Not going to go through the second round. Number one, Detroit. Great pick for them. Uh, I think they'll select Cade Cunningham. I'm not really going to get into picks. I'm just going to really go into what this means for the franchise. Detroit was the worst team in basketball last year. Them, Oklahoma City, and Houston were all really, really, really bad. So I think that helps them. I think they get Cade Cunningham or Mobley. I don't think they go wrong with either pick. If you're a Detroit fan, look at their roster. Tell me what they need. Uh, Houston getting the second pick. They avoid disaster by not losing this pick. And so... I think Houston, with the emergence of Kevin Porter Jr., and we'll see what happens with John Wall and that team. I think Houston will probably try to move John Wall and get – right, maybe they'll get Mobley. I don't know. I'm really high on Jalen Suggs. So that moves us to Cleveland at number three. They've gotten Darius Garland, Colin Sexton in recent drafts. Then they've also got Isaac Okoro, who made the second all-rookie team. Uh they say they're going to keep Kevin Love. We'll see. I don't really know why you'd keep Kevin Love with all these guys unless he's really good in that locker room and the whole, like, throwing the ball to the other team thing was just a mental mistake. Toronto, number four. I mean, I think they should have got the number one pick just for having to play in Tampa Bay. No shot to Tampa Bay, but, I mean, could you play any farther from Toronto than Tampa Bay? I guess Miami. Um Orlando gets the fifth pick. I think Orlando needed the number one or number two pick this year, but they say this is a really deep draft, so I think it's okay for Orlando. It's not a it's not a train wreck. Oklahoma City getting the sixth pick. Um, I just think that when you get all those picks, that they didn't get any in the top five. So their plans. I mean, they still have SGA, Shaq Gilgris, Alexander, who I really really like. So I think they're okay. Now Golden State getting the seventh pick. Really good for Golden State because they can package this pick and the 14th pick and one of their players that are under contract for a player, or they can just draft some people here for their future. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. It's like that year they took like 10 point guards in the first round. Maybe it was just two. I think they took Jimmy, Johnny Flynn, Ricky Rubio, and like somebody else. I can't remember. All I know it's a terrible draft. Um, Minnesota now is has D'Angelo Russell, who doesn't play defense, and Carl Anthony Towns, who doesn't play defense, but is one of the most gifted offensive players ever. Maybe not ever, but in, in the last 10 years. as a He's just so, so gifted. And then, of course, Anthony Edwards coming off, finishing second in the rookie of the year. And so I think their team still has hope, but I think that another high, another pick in general would have helped them. It always helps to have a draft pick. So we'll see what their team is going forward. 
Um, Orlando, but see, Orlando getting the fifth pick. Orlando at least now has the fifth and the eighth pick. Sacramento, they're kind of stuck because they're not good enough to get in the playoffs in the West, but they're not bad enough to be like at the bottom. And so they're just kind of sitting there as like the 10th or 11th best team in the West. And De'Aaron Fox is, if I'm De'Aaron Fox, am I going to stay there? You got Buddy Heald, Luke Walton still the head coach. Oh, that's what we were going to talk about. I couldn't remember what it was. We're going to talk about head coach openings after this. And we're probably going to get into it very fast because I don't care about the rest of these picks because um, New Orleans, yeah, like, so. And we're getting into New Orleans when we get into the head coach. Like, there's things we're going to talk about with Luka and with Zion that we'll talk about when we get to the head coaching openings. So, yeah, that, that's all we're going to talk about with the draft. I think that Suggs, uh, the, is it Jalen Green, the guy that's in the G League this year? Uh, Evan Mobley. And Cade Cunningham, I think those are the four big players coming out of the draft. But we'll, I'll look into that and do some research and, and, and watch some tape. And I'll actually do an NBA draft podcast. Maybe not the whole thing will be about the draft. But we'll actually look into it and see where I think some players will go. Look at some mock drafts. Anyways, head coaching openings. I always like talking about head coaching openings. So, if you've been living under a rock... I will give you the coaching jobs that came open, and then I will tell you the two that have been filled, my thoughts, and then what I think about the other head coaching jobs without saying who I think is going to get these jobs because I don't follow NBA assistants because I have better things to do with my time. Boston, Brad Stevens, whatever, they decided he wasn't going to be the coach, and then they made him the GM. Dallas, Rick Carlisle resigned. New Orleans fired Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy. You can say they meet. All these ones are like, we decided that we weren't going to. No, 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 no. Okay, whatever. So, Boston, Stevens is out. Dallas, Carlisle's out. New Orleans, Stan Van Gundy is out. Portland, Terry Stotts was let go after their first round exit again. Indiana got rid of the Bajorkin guy. I'm not going to even try to say that name. They tried to mutiny that dude in the locker room. Like, it is. That, that one, he's another one that was one year and done like Van Gundy. Uh, Scott Brooks couldn't get a contract agreed on, so they parted ways. And I think they got rid of their GM, too. Orlando, uh, Clifford, Steve Clifford, I think's his name. The the coach of the Orlando Magic. Um, I think they want to rebuild, and he didn't want to stick around for that, so good for him. Um, and then Milwaukee and Denver still have their head coaches, and I think we all thought that Budenholzer was going to be fired, but now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Denver, I've heard nothing on that front, so it looks like that's day. So Boston, Dallas, New Orleans, Portland, Indiana, Washington, and Orlando, that's seven openings. Well, it looks like now there's only five. Rick Carlisle is going back to Indiana where he coached before he coached the Mavericks. He also coached the Pistons at one point. So he is going on a four-year deal to the Indiana Pacers. Um, and then Ime Udoka, I hope I'm saying his name right. He's an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets. Is pretty much going to be hired as the Boston Celtics coach. So thoughts on those two. Number one, Boston hiring an assistant coach. A lot of people said that they weren't going to go hire a super established coach because Brad Stevens has only been coaching in the NBA for like seven years and he never won a finals or got to the finals. So how is he going to tell other coaches what to do if they have a better resume than him um and then indiana hiring rick carlisle he's an offensive coach who does stress defense but he's really good at offensive innovation so i think with malcolm brogdon and karis lavert and miles turner i think that's actually a good fit 
I'm going to look up the Indiana Pacers roster just because I'm kind of curious to see where, like, like wh- who's all on that team? Because I, I don't really remember off the top of my head. Because they got rid of, oh, they have Sabonis. So what they have Sabonis. Uh, we'll just go over there. This, this is before period. So Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, DeMontis Sabonis. TJ Warren will be coming back, I think. Doug McDermott, Miles Turner. Um, Jordan, is that Jordan Holiday? Pretty sure that's Jordan Holiday. Justin Holiday, I'm sorry. Justin Holiday. And TJ McConnell. And then it looks like Aaron Holiday, blah, blah, blah. Jeremy Lamb. So they have a lot of really interesting pieces. So I think that while it's not a flashy job, I thought Carlisle was going to get the Bucks job if they fired Budenholzer or maybe go to Boston. But I guess that wouldn't uh, negate what I said about him working for a GM with almost with no GM experience and only seven years of coaching experience. So I think that's actually a really good hire. I know nothing about this Nets guy whatsoever. I know nothing about him, so that's kind of what I feel. Um, I think that that there's got to be something there. I'm sure he works well with young players. I'm sure he worked well with Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving, so maybe they're trying to replicate that. And so that's what I think about that job. The Dallas job, I think... There were rumors they were going to hire Jason Kidd, and they're like, hey, let's hire a GM first. So I bet they hire a GM and then try to hire Jason Kidd. He played there twice. He was drafted there, won a championship there. Um, He's respected there, and so that would be interesting. New Orleans, they've got to hire the right – they've got to nail this coach. And what I mean by that is – that they hired Alvin Gentry, who was all offense, and they hired Stan Van Gundy, who was prickly and all defense. They got to have a guy, and I don't know who this guy is, that can get you to play defense and also make him feel like he's on your side. That he's also a player's coach, too. That he's also got to be in charge. Because you got a lot of young players there. You have Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo, Zion Williamson. You got the Alexander kid. And so there's just a lot of moving pieces on that team. And then you have to figure out, I mean, they got rid of Drew Holiday. Do you get rid of Lonzo Ball? What do you do there? And so it's that's a very, very interesting job. I'm going to make sure that I didn't forget anybody off the roster because New Orleans, New Orleans is one of those teams that should be making the playoffs. They should not be where they are. Yeah, Zion Williams says Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, whatever you want to do with Eric Bledsoe at this point. Uh, the... Okay, this is the guy I was talking about, the Nikhil Alexander-Walker kid. He's only 22. He's 6'6". He's a wing. Josh Hart. And then, really, then you have Steven Adams and Jackson Hayes and K. Lewis Jr., blah, 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 blah. So that's an interesting team that I think is going to be make that job appealing, of course, to Coach Zion. But if you think Zion wants out of there, who's going to really want this job? If you think the city doesn't have a great chance of – keeping the franchise there but you do have a guy you can coach for one year maybe you can coach him into wanting to stay portland you got dame lillard there's rumors they're going to move cj there's always rumors they're going to move cj the team plays no defense you got carmelo who i think is perfect there coming off the bench so it just i thought carlisle would have been good in this spot so it's interesting to see who's going to go here i've dan tony's rumored but do they really need an offensive coach i mean Dame can go get his bucket anytime they want. I feel like they need defensive players. And we just kind of have seen this Dan Tony movie. Not saying he can't coach, but we've seen this movie over and over again 
uh, with this Dan Tony thing, and I'm just I'm kind of off the whole Dan Tony thing. Washington, well, you don't take that job till you figure out what they really want to do with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, because the rest of that roster is not very good. Though my boy Daniel Gafford from Arkansas has played really well. Orlando, they got rid of all their good players, Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, which I guess that's a stretch calling him a good player at this point. And they got rid of, um, who else did they get rid of? They got rid of Aaron Gordon and Vucevic, and they got rid of somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but there was another dude on Orlando that they got rid of that went somewhere, and I can't remember because I will have to look that up because I have no idea um, who the Orlando Magic. Oh, I, I know, I know Fultz got hurt and Isaacs got hurt. So they're coming back. Who did they have on that team? This is driving me crazy. Normally I wouldn't spend this much time, but I'm really trying to remember who was on that team that they got rid of. And maybe I'm tripping. Maybe it was just Aaron Gordon and Vucevic. Oh, Evan Fournier. That's who it was. So they still have Terrence Ross, and they still have Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. And there's a whole bunch of people on this team. The, the Bacon guy, Michael Carter-Williams. Like, There's no way he's still in the league. So, yeah, uh, Mo Bamba is still on the team. Mo Bamba, who averaged eight points and um, 5.8 rebounds. The Mo Bamba that they took really high in the draft. So, I wouldn't go near that Orlando job unless you just really like roller coasters and, like, gigantic mice that that talk. Disney World, if you don't know what I'm talking about. So, so yeah, Orlando, I probably wouldn't touch that job with a 10-foot pole. But it'll be interesting to see who these teams hire. Looks like Budenholzer's going to keep his job now it would be really hilarious which i guess it wouldn't be hilarious because somebody would lose their job but i mean these guys get paid lots of money is it budenholder gets swept budenholzer gets swept in the conference finals by his former team of course none of the players are still there and then he gets fired so that would be interesting um here's my question why is nate mcmillan not been named the official coach of the hawks like are they just waiting for him to mess up i know he's usually the first round exit guy but he's in the conference finals and they're up 1-0 like, Nate McMillan, and I know people will say, well, Bogdanovich came back, that changed everything. But it, it, it can't be just that. Like, I respect Bill Simmons more than anybody. So, yeah, I'm really confused why Nate McMillan hasn't been named the official head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. But who knows? We'll see what happens. So, tonight we get the Clippers and Suns game three. Uh, we'll have an NBA game every night. I will not do a podcast every day covering every game. Just, I'm sorry, unless something crazy happens. The NFL season's coming up. Uh, we'll get into some NFL stuff at some point on a different podcast. I'm going to have to cut this short because I have to get to work. So, yeah. Um, in recap, we've talked about the two playoff games. I still think it's going to be the Clippers and the Bucks. I'm sorry, the Suns and the Bucks. But... With the little caveat that I won't be surprised if Atlanta wins this series because, well, it, I never thought I'd say this, but Nate McMillan's out coaching somebody in the playoffs. Not that he's a bad coach, he just isn't a great coach. So, um, we talked about the NFL, the NBA draft lottery, and we talked about the head coaching opening. So, this has been a short podcast, but we'll post it up and get it to you because. I got a baby to take care of and work to get to. So this has been another episode of Dad's in Time Out. It's your host, Jesse Williams. Until next time, signing off.